0: Hey Squiddies! it's your late night talk show host, Dre, here from the Tattoo Squid Podcast, here to take you on a deep, dark, murky journey to the recesses of my mind, while I talk to other podcasters about their shows and ask the hard questions, like, when you jaywalk, do you walk backwards or forwards? Or do you eat with your hands and not the utensils? How does one eat hot Cheetos and not crap their pants? All that and more, so take a dip and listen to Wonders. Go to linktree slash tattoo squid podcast. Hello, dear listener. We're interrupting your regular podcast with an invitation. Yep, you're invited to join us at the Tipsy Exchange, where your hosts get tipsy and exchange ideas on a specific topic. Pop culture, true crime, unexplained phenomena. Nothing's off limits on the Tipsy Exchange. So, grab a drink and visit thetipsyexchange.com to find the show on Apple, Spotify, or whatever is your favorite podcast app. I'm Burley. I'm LA. Now, back to the show.
1: Hey, hey, this is Charles Roseney, author of the book of top 10 horror lists, Dracula tour and ghost tour organizer, Beatle convention producer, so many hats. Not wearing any of them today, <laughs> but I'm so glad to be on the air with you because you're listening to the never gets old podcast with Mac Jackson. I'm Duncan McLeod. Of the Clan McLeod. My name is Ichabod Crane.
0: My name's guy Colonel Jack O'Neill SG1. I am Batman! I On the dog time. So there's this
1: man, he has a time machine. Up and down history he goes, zip 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 zip, getting into scrapes. For years, and maybe more than that, right Mac? But, But how long has it been? Has it been six, seven years ago? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hey, now, wait a minute. Now, wait just a minute.
0: Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. I've got something for you.
1: Oh uh, merci, Sonor. Just one more thing, sir. Oh
0: boy. Just like that. Bing bang boom. At this point I'd settle for the boom. They'd love it here, don't you think? This is what I'm saying.
1: And by the way, where is your podcast? Tell everybody that's here.
0: Welcome to the Never Gets Old Podcast. Podcast of all we love in TV, movies, music, and comics. With your hosts Mac Jackson and Nathan Shell. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, do. Facebook, Work and YouTube. Donations at PayPal.com at MacWjackson at Comcast.net. Listen to my Jade Bin songs. DJ saying they're too long his guitar. Silence but the soul goes on and on, alone again, alone again. His stories were like us a beginning end, and then alone again. Now I miss in my room. My- Hi everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Never Gets Old Podcast. I'm your host, Mac Jackson. And today, if you're a... Well, it's Charles Rosenay, but if you are listening to Monkey Mania Radio, you already know who he is. But he also uh, is into the Beatles and has a new book. Uh, the What is it? The Top 100?
1: Book of Top 10 Horror
0: Lists that's what it is top i i was gonna say top 10 but i thought what if it's 100 and i just undersold it
1: well we're gonna get to that because there's a reason why you thought it was 100 that's there's there's a very good reason
0: go ahead tell me
1: 100 celebrities gave me their top 10 horror lists
0: that's probably why i'm thinking that
1: and it's you know nine monkey chapters uh, nine beetle chapters tons of uh actors and rock stars and horror people and it's just a fun book but yeah the, the original title was a book of 100 top 10 <laughs> the, the horror list but we took out the 100 in the title so you probably knew that psychically and <laughs> it, it, it's the book of top 10 horror lists
0: well okay so <clears throat> i know we'll go off in tangents because that's just what we do here yeah um sure. but that's fine i'm wondering what motivates you to go out of all the things I'm going to, you know, I, I, I have many irons in the fire myself, but yes. for someone to go out of all the things that I'm doing, I think I really want to focus on doing this book. What was it that made you? Cause I mean, understandably that's a giant commitment. That's yeah. not just a weekend project that takes years.
1: Uh, Mac, people have always said, when am I going to write that Beatles book or that monkey's book or that entertainment, something that they thought was more in my, you know, roundhouse. Mm -hmm. And I always always said, uh, I'm not, because in the day I published a magazine called Good Day Sunshine. And it was uh, a Beatles mag that came out six times a year, 80, 100 pages, whatever. And I was thinking, no, wait a second. I am writing a book literally every other month. I'm never, I'm never writing a book but pandemic changes things. Oh, When COVID hit, you know, i not DJing. That's is my, my normal thing is I DJ parties, but I'm a party DJ. I'm not doing Beatle tours. I'm not doing Dracula tours. I'm not doing uh, band promotions and bookings. I'm not doing all the stuff that Charles Roseney does. And I'm home, we're watching horror movies with the kids. We're listening to Beatles and monkeys and we're having a good time. But my creative juices are stagnating. Uh -uh. They go to sleep at midnight. I'm on the treadmill thinking, what is the next thing to do? Well, so I uh, partnered up with a friend and we decided we're going to do a paranormal convention when things get normal. Did that. Um, But I realized on my database, I had about 70 or 80 top 10 horror lists. From friends of mine in the industry, you know, rock stars and music people and all, I thought, wait a second, maybe I could do something with these lists, having forgotten about them, because I had them for 12 years, I used to do an online newsletter called National Horror Happenings, which was kind of the counterparts of, instead of putting out a Beatles magazine for all those time, I thought, well, I'm done with that, I love horror, I want to put out something that's going to promote the Dracula tour, I thought, I'll do a daily newsletter. And it was a quickie, you know, uh, what new horror movie's coming out? What uh, what can I review? Anything monster news. And um, some somewhere down the line, I did a top 10 list from someone, and it was the most successful of the newsletters. It got the most hits, the most eyeballs. You know, when you do a podcast, you can measure, you know, some don't get any views and some get, whoa, this was off the charts. Mm-hmm. Like mine will be off the charts. You get it. Um <laughs> But the, um, the top 10 list really clicked and I get it. You know, a top 10 list, it's short, it's quick. And you want to see what this rock star is, you know, favorite movie is or whatever. So long story short, we had about 70, 80 of them in the computer. I thought, I, gosh, I, if I could do 20, 30 more, it won't take me long. I, as all these people I haven't you know tapped into, I can put out a book. Huh. And I thought, well, that's going to be easy. I just do the lists, but you know, it's never that easy. Sure. I had to write bios for every one of them. Yeah. If they had had a horror connection, I had to tie it in. So Gloria Gaynor did a top 10 list and I thought I will survive. Well, that could be the title of a horror movie escaping from the cabin in the woods. Mm -hmm. So that was like the intro to it. And then I had to come up with a great photo of each of the people who gave me lists. And then if they picked I don't know what, Night of the Living Dead, I had to come up with a great poster or still to insert in their chapter so that people were getting, you know, something of, you know, a real good substantiality Uh and uh, hit the hundred really quick. Uh, Got a great author, uh, got a great editor who did um, an index and that turned out to be very important because let's say Mac Jackson's favorite, you know, horror movie is um, The Blob. You want to go right to the back of the book and go to the blob and see wait really William Shatner's favorite movie is also that you want to see sure sure sure. favorite movie whoa Mickey Dolan's love those kind of movies too so a lot of it is that a lot of it is um people loving the book because they're seeing what all these celebrities picked as their favorite horror movies and it's more of a celebrity book pop culture book then you know it is a horror movie and people are loving it i'm getting great reviews on amazon and it's been a bit of blast
0: and i'll tell you the the you found a fun niche for it too because you're right i mean you, you go okay rock and roll guy love that stuff love the band love you know love the individual oh boy no i don't think anybody's bothered to say you like horror and if so you know what's your favorite yeah so to do that you're right because nobody else comes at it from that angle and they go oh okay maybe you know if they could get into why because like like you and I if we uh go down a tangent well let's just keep going oh I'll tell you this story or I'll tell you that story or you know now you do that with with somebody who's already loved and a celebrity like give me more and nobody else is going to do that kind of a book
1: it's it's I'm really proud of it. You know, someone had done a horror top ten list of something or other and wrote a really nasty um, comment when when I released it. And I'm like, wait, it's totally different book. You did top ten werewolves, top ten blah blah blah. You did your all your top ten. This is a celebrity book, and he never responded. I shut him right up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's interesting is uh, the sequel to it, of course, will be Bride of the Book. Of- <laughs> But but I'm doing an offshoot, uh, the book of top ten Beatle lists. Oh, where celebrities are going to give me their top ten Love favorite that. songs and themes. I know it's going to be a big hit, but it's tougher. I'm getting I'm getting uh, I'm hitting a lot of walls because a people are at home isolated where they have nothing to do. Now all of a sudden they're on the road, they're touring. It's homework, you know. Yep. I, and a lot of people really they don't want to say how come I put this Beatles song ahead of this Beatles song? I didn't have that problem with horror movies. All right, here's 10 of them. The Exorcist is number one. With Beatles, people are, you know, they, they have oh, to sure. give it a lot of thought. I'm getting some people who are in both, which is really cool. Dennis Dunaway from Alice Cooper's band, Ron Dante from the Archies. But then there are some that have said, you know, Charles, I'm going to pass on this one. I, what can I do, right? Yeah, they, yeah. I can't force them.
0: Wow. You know, and, and, it's funny, too, because, again, you mentioned something like Beatles. Well, sure, people are going to turn their heads and want to check it out. And especially if it's another musician talking about the Beatles. Well, geez, you know, and, and you're right. How do you limit? It's something that you love. How do you possibly go, well, what's your favorite? I can never answer those questions because, first of all, I don't think I'm that limited with my view as far as appreciation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, two, with movies or definitely with music, some songs hit you later on in life different than, like, right. like, like I always, I always use the example of like Harry Chapin. Love adore Harry Chapin, but I remember playing stuff for my dad who also likes Harry Chapin. I, I, you know, when I dive in, if you get past my wall of. Like, I'm a real tough critic. Uh-huh. But if you get past that wall, well, now I want everything that they have. I want bootlegs. I want every – so I uh-huh. don't kind of go in with it. Well, I played stuff for my father, and he'd go, mm-hmm. I go, isn't that a great song? He goes, yeah, but I could see why it wasn't a hit. I'm like, well, it it wasn't put out as a single, but besides the point, over time, that song, through life experience or whatever – will all of a sudden hit you in a new light. You go, you know what? I appreciate that more. Yes. Right? Because when yeah. you first listen to an album, and, and you know this, you, first time through, you go, okay, that one grabbed me. That one's okay. Okay, and that's a slower one, whatever. Because in your mind, you know what you want, and you know what you've heard before from that artist. So it's kind of an unfair disadvantage when you bring in new material. Yeah, but w- once you settle down with it, and you accept it for what it is. Now it's on its own terms and you go, ah, I really like that one that I didn't, it didn't grab me the first 10 years, you know?
1: It's so funny because forever, you know, my favorite song, when people ask me, what's my favorite Beatles song? I would say, oh, it's here, there and everywhere. And when I get married, it's going to be my wedding song. Sure enough, it was one of my two wedding songs. I also had a monkey's one.
0: Which one? Uh, Oh, you're in trouble.
1: I will always love you by Davy Jones.
0: Oh, okay. Sure. No, uh,
1: no, 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 no. no lo, lo, um, love you forever.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, knew which, I knew which one you meant, honest yeah. to God. Even though you said it different, I knew which I, one you were going. i,
1: I, I we love you. That's that's Whitney Houston. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But I'll love you forever by Davy Jones. And um, there's kind of a reason why it's because uh, he proposed. To my future wife at the time on my behalf at a concert that's so he did the proposal and she of course said yes and we're still together and uh you know what's great is that that we had to have that with here there and everywhere as the first dance two first dances but in regard to what you said yeah um while my guitar gently weeps is probably my favorite song now and it never was for 30 years and mm-hmm. just somehow, you know, it changed. And I think that's what you were getting. I think that's part of your your whole uh, mm-hmm. discussion there is with songs, even more than movies, they change and they could even change daily, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I do the Beatle tours to Liverpool. And when we go for, it's during Beatle week, we go every year, every summer, and we spend three days in London, a few, days, uh, a whole week in Liverpool. And I am Beatled out when it's done. Sure. But, we're not, but before I'm going, I don't listen to Beatle tunes for two weeks. Hmm. I am like, it's like um, I'm fasting from Beatle music, knowing that I'm going to be onslaughted with it 24 hours yeah. during Beatle Week. Yep. And you know, I come away thinking I'm never going to listen to "Come Together" and "Get Back" again. Uh,
0: me it's, too. Me right? too.
1: <laughs> and then, and then uh, the "Get Back" show uh, that th- th- comes on Disney, and it's like, damn, these songs are amazing. I love yeah. them.
0: <laughs> I watched the first episode of that so far because I thought. Well, it's an hour. So I, I grabbed, you know, my son and I, we sit down and we start to watch it. Oh, no, that's like two hours long. And that's just one episode. But it really, I love, I'm a sucker for that behind the scenes, whatever band it is, even if it's not a band I necessarily like, if I could see them sit down and work on a song in the studio, well, right, g- right. give me. And, and And to have Paul McCartney come in and start just riffing, and he doesn't know what he's doing yet. And you go, I, holy crap, that becomes this song.
1: This song, right. You know, wow. It's, it's, so, it's scary. It's so brilliant. It's scary. Yeah.
0: Were you always, um, I, I assume you're like the rest of the world and all of a sudden um, you're born knowing who the Beatles are?
1: Well, you know, I'm a little older than you think, buddy. I was there and my first my first two memories in life are seeing the Beatles and Ed Sullivan uh-huh. and my mom forcing me, thank God she did, to watch Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> so I grew up loving monsters, loving the Beatles and loving the Mets. Those were my three passions growing up. Yeah. And, yeah um uh, <laughs> uh, and the the they all stuck with me, you know, I still watch all the games, I still try to see every monster movie that comes out, I still collect all the beetle bootlegs, and obviously, I've made all those things such a big part of my life,
0: sure, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's I was gonna also say with the monster movies, so you prefer the old classics, like obviously Dracula and Wolfman and stuff, you are see those behind me, don't you yeah yeah, yeah, uh, they're more- those a- are more <laughs> of your um go tos.
1: My genre. So, you know, when you grow up with a certain era of music, if it's, if you're a certain age, you know, it's going to be the 60s. If it's a different age, it's going to be the said disco. You know, I think what you grow up with is what you love, unless you're that rare breed. Like your kids are probably like my kids. We've brainwashed them to love all the genres of music Mm -hmm. and all that. We're not just letting them listen to today's music, right?
0: As a matter of fact, my kids are very much like me. And don't like today's music because the quality I always say the quality of what's allowed drops every 10 years like you know it used to be you had to be a good singer any like Sinatra and Dean Martin because if you weren't get off the stage you have a band behind you right. well then you get into bands like monkeys and Beatles where you're writing your own songs and picking up your guitar and singing too so now you're multifaceted yes they don't need to even sing well nowadays because they have auto-tune and it's all manufactured like you know there's no there's no um adherence to quality they just go i know it's crap but i'm going to produce it and i'm going to put it in a commercial like come on let's have some sort of standard
1: i just want a song that has a riff that i'll remember that has a great hook and a middle eight, you know, and I yeah. can and I can sing along to it. Not and just- it's catchy
0: and happy and good, and because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, there are artists in this world that I understand. I'm not going to necessarily love, but I don't begrudge them having a career. Like I, I'm not a Whitney Houston or no, uh, uh, not a Whitney Houston fan. But I was going to say uh, Celine Dion. I always use it as an example. Oh. I'm not a fan. But she deserves the career she has because she's belting out these songs and she's obviously got talent. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and yeah. so I I can make peace with that. May not be my cup of tea, but by all means, thank you for contributing to the world. But we're
1: also still talking about an artist who hasn't had a hit in 30 years. So that's
0: <laughs> but she doesn't need to, you know what I mean?
1: Yes, need to, right. That's more yeah. of
0: the that I think
1: that's I more of the, the um it's the, artist. Yeah. Uh,
0: the the music people, not the artist, it's the You know, well, you've had your five years. The industry is moving on no matter how good you are. Right. Which is where I I really love that we have um, artists who go, all right, fine. You helped me for those five years. But with this money, like for me, I couldn't stop writing and singing if I wanted to. It's just I have to do it. So if you make money off a couple hits. Yeah. Well, now the rest of your life, if you're smart, just keep making music because there is an audience that will buy it. Right. You right. know what I mean. Yeah, so we and- I, we live in that kind of world where okay, so you're not on TV all the time. Who cares? You're still your audience will find you,
1: and you're still getting hopefully a royalty check. That's sure sufficient. But getting back to the original question. Yeah, I love and grew up with Dracula and Wolfman and Fra- Frankenstein, all time favorite. Um, but it's hard to watch now. Right. If I sit down with my kids and put on a four season song, Supreme song, a song they haven't heard, Raspberries, they'll love it. They'll love it. If I put on Bela Lugosi, it's slow, it drags. Sure. I get it. Sure. It's tough to watch. But if we put on, you know, X or or A Quiet Place, or one of the real contemporary horror movies, they're great, you know, they do capture you, so that's a case of whereas music may not have um, evolved the way it should have, I do think that monster movies have evolved into horror movies uh, they took a detour with the slasher films. They took a detour with gore and, you know, torture porn films. Exactly. But they've come back. And I think there's a lot of great quality films that are coming out and a lot of great filmmakers.
0: Yeah, I, uh, uh, I'm i with you. I, Especially the older I get, I always try to go back to the classics. Like every year now for the last two years, I have the, the family around Halloween will watch Psycho. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Perkins is always brilliant to watch his, when, sure. when he's, they're talking in the room and he's eating a sandwich and, you know, that whole monologue that he has beautiful. Yeah. And it's one of those that my kids, you know, 13 and 10. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm into this. Like they, they'll appreciate it.
1: Well, I met your kids and they, they are cool. They thank are. you. They, they're, they're cool. They get it. You've they done, really done do. So well.
0: they, they, I always teach them to be leaders, not followers. So they've always done what they felt they liked and didn't try to care about what their classmate liked. Like, how do you like, you know, whatever, how, and and if they stick to their guns, the right people kind of come around to them and go, tell me more about the monkeys. Tell me more about the Beatles or whoever, Harry Chapin, because they hear it. And you know, they, they, I will say they are exceptional people, And it's just keeping them on that course, which they're well on their way. But like I'm saying, I can go back now and maybe we will watch The Wolfman or maybe we will watch. The one I heard is better than Bella Lugosi's Dracula. You know who Dana Gould is? Yeah. yeah, Okay. He loves Planet of the Apes and he's a stand-up comedian and writer. He does a podcast called The Dana Gould Hour. Well, in the middle of his interviews, he'll do this segment where he talks about um, very interesting but bizarre type stuff. Like, isn't it, you know, you never made the connection between this and that. Well, Mm -hmm. he talks about things like the Dracula movies and how the original book is pretty boring. and all of that well he said that the the one that's better than bella lugosi is the one with um in the 70s with uh uh, christopher lee thank you that's the one
1: of course
0: is it okay because i haven't seen it i will sit down and watch it
1: the first one horror of dracula was brilliant i remember seeing it in a theater as a double feature there was um the frankenstein one and there was the the dracula one both played by christopher lee (laughs) Um, Peter Cushing was part of the Hammer films. Um, and yeah, I thought, I, I said, oh, I'm out. this guy blows away, you know. But every era of, of vampires, you know, I think gets better and better. But yeah, you can only go so far with, with vampires and zombies till you've, you know, kind of reached It can't get better. This is where as good as it's going to get. Um, but someone brought this up the other day and they were right. If you talk Dracula and you tell any age group Go ahead, imitate Dracula. They're gonna go. I to suck your blood. Sure, who are they doing? they're they doing Bella. Of they're course, Bella Lugosi. And you know that, in itself, goes a long way because you're not imitating Christopher Lee. You're not imitating Frank Langella. You're not imitating any other person who played the vampire. You're playing. You're, you're doing the original, and and that that's you know that's a statement in itself.
0: Well, because he was the one that actually made it cool looking. Like he he looks cool he looks like he walks into a room you go whoa okay look at the the cape and the you know and the pennant and all that and even i saw a spongebob thing uh uh for like a blow up in you know inflated spongebob halloween yeah and he was dressed as dracula and he had the widow's peak (laughs) and and i had to explain to the kids i said look see that black thing on his head that's supposed to be his hair and they said why did they do that i said let me tell you about Bella Lugosi. <laughs>
1: and Butch Patrick, who followed, you know, so many followed in those footsteps.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. They're making a new. They're making a. Rob Zombie's doing a movie, yeah. I guess. Uh yeah. I don't know. I. It's one of those like.
1: Right, right. You cringe until you see it, and hopefully, will be pleasantly surprised. I hope you know, so. uh His his Halloween films, although I don't love them as much as. Sure. The John Carpenter ones uh, are solid. I'll tell you,
0: I watched the the first, I I guess he made two, right? I watched the first one. And you know what? Up until the last half hour, I was glued to, I mean, the last half hour is walking through killing people. Eh, Spoilers. But up until then... You're getting a really psychological thriller that shows how what a messed up little kid he was. Sure, sure, sure. I really thought that was superior than, say, like the original kind of skips over that. They go, yeah, he was a goofy kid, you know. And then they get to the killing, where in this version, most of the movie is him growing up.
1: Yeah. That's and great. He, Mickey Dolans is in it, so that gives it a, another look.
0: <laughs> wow, I forgot about that.
1: But, you know, uh, so Rob Zombie is a fan, and he loves the stuff. Yeah. So you got to trust that it's going to come out right because you look at his non- house of house of thousand corpses you look at uh the three the the, the one with the three uh yeah yeah it's you know, the same characters the same guys and it that stuff is great on a different level you know it's not something i'm going to show my kids and say here this is what you're going to study hard over but it's that next level of i i love his stuff i love his work so i'm i have have high hopes for the monsters
0: i hope because what did they do um uh uh the shadow one um with Johnny Depp. Uh, oh, dark, to, shadows, dark, dark
1: Shadows. Dark Shadows. And yeah. I
0: didn't see it yet. Yeah. Uh, people are saying I shouldn't because it's kind of like a comedy, right? It's not supposed it's, to be.
1: It's a dark comedy. And, you know, I think that, don't forget, Dark Shadows was redone
0: uh, as a In TV, the 90s. That was ben, great.
1: Ben, uh, I forgot his name. I actor. know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it was great. I, I used it's to, I, was on, I would watch that on a Saturday. When it came out, and I went, I'm I'm watching this forever, and then the Iraq War hit and took it right off the air. I was yeah. That's what happened to it. That
1: yeah. that was a good era because it was just after Night Stalker. I mean, there was a oh, lot yeah. of quality TV, and that begot, you know, Buffy. There's a whole slew of um stuff that i I think of and and smile i said wait when my kid's gonna get to this i gotta get them exposed to other things too um but i think the dark shadows one which we all saw as a family in the movies was okay it was unnecessary more than anything else you know i got you you find that a lot with these remakes that they're just you know yeah like
0: why'd you bother if you're not going to improve on it then then you're just you know messing with stuff
1: Throwing it out there hoping it sticks to the wall and, and there could be future sequels and franchises. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
0: Yeah, well, uh, what, what I was thinking uh, as we're talking, you know what I kind of dig now? I don't like the, like you said, the torture porn kind of movies where it's just hack and hack. And I, and I also don't like where they're intentionally following the wait until somebody gets killed and they all get picked off, you know, like the old eighties movies, you go, okay, that one's going to die. Then that one, Eh, it's predictable, whatever. I love a psychological thriller, like ones where, you know, you're nobody necessarily, necessarily even has to die all that often, Mm -hmm. but the whole time you're wondering who is it? what's their motive, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if it, if it pays off dynamite, like that's when you get, when you, I can find those, I'm a very happy guy.
1: Yeah. And you know, when people say, you know, what's my, my favorite horror movies and it's very difficult, but the one I always leave out and you know, it's, is it a horror movie? Yeah. Well, ghost. So I guess it is. Um, it's the sixth sense.
0: Love sixth sense. Because it's love. Such... That's one of my favorites. Right. That's exactly a perfect example.
1: Yeah. Uh, because the, uh, the others is another one. I don't know if you've ever seen it with Nicole Kidman. It's not same, same level of, oh my God. You know, that were, kind of...
0: yeah, yeah. They were dead the whole time. What? Well, that's, you know, I'll never forget. I love, I went to uh see Six Sense with my buddy and probably like everybody else. We're all sitting there going, and and i mean i'm enjoying it but i don't know where it's going and i don't know why it's even happening okay he's got a problem with his wife yeah uh-huh uh-huh and i'm thinking man i'm going to walk then, i am going to walk out of here and i'm going to be ticked and, and then, then all of a sudden the ring hits the oh. floor and rolls yeah when the when the ring hits a memory that i'll never lose is it going tink 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 and rolling across the floor and the whole audience goes <sighs> right. yeah when they when they did that we all came together as one and went holy crap this just made the last two hours worth it
1: agreed and in a, in a theater you know that movie was such a wow it was such a wow and i forget people on these you know interviews always say well what's your favorite top two top three and it it changes mm-hmm. i try to i try to be consistent but sixth sense has got to be in there It's yep. just so, yep. so wonderful i'll tell and, you Go ahead. The best Bruce Willis ever did in my in my opinion. Me too.
0: Me yeah. too. And I love um Die Hard. No, 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 no. The the other one from M night that with the two of them, Unbreakable.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbreakable. The first the first a, yeah, yeah, great.
0: I didn't like the way the last movie ended. Glass. It
1: wasn't as good. It was it was it glass or was it there once after there that? was
0: one there was one in between. Yeah, but Glass brought all three characters together, right. and which was exciting and wow, this is great. And then but, it, it, the way it ends, I'm like, what the hell? No. Yeah, yeah,
1: it didn't live up to what it should.
0: Oh, ah, but up until that ending, I was enjoying the whole journey. Yeah, I'll tell you another one. Uh, Carrie, Carrie oh, is one that I saw as a kid, and when that hand comes up out of the grave, it still gets you. But what keeps that on my list? Is You watch it any time. It has, besides the story, besides how creepy she is, the music soundtrack that goes with it and the pacing of that movie.
1: Pacing is amazing.
0: And then they have that one weird segment where they're all going to get their tuxes for the prom. Yeah. And it's... And it's very lighthearted and goofy, 70s goofy, that gets crammed in this weird movie that you go... Oh, I can kind of relax for this, you uh, know, next three that. minutes, and then it hits you at the end. And and the 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 of course the fire and everything and the way she offs mm-hmm. everybody is creepy as can be because with a look she's wiping people out, and you're like they kind of deserve it. But Not everybody deserved it.
1: Sissy Spacek was amazing. Let's look. Let's look at who picked Carrie as their favorites. Some I, some are well known. Some are not so well-known, but uh, Frank Jekyll, who was the lead, uh, the leader of the 1910 Fruit Gum Company, picked <laughs> it. Picked it. Um, uh, Christian Nesmith, who, of course- I know him. Mike, Mike Nesmith's son. Gary Puckett from Gary Puckett and the Union, Union Gap. Union Gap, yep, yep. Yeah, Jerry Reichel, who's um, fake Jan from the Brady Bunch. Just <laughs>
0: saw her at that convention.
1: He was at that convention, right. And Beverly Washburn, who's an all-time actress. Uh, there's a, a, a few more, but those are the ones that stand out. And what was the other movie we talked about? Before? Oh, Sixth Sense. Yeah. I was curious to see, you know, which uh, which people are as, as uh, astute as us. This is us. And pick that. Because it doesn't always come to mind with horror films. Sixth Sense is sometimes forgotten. And so... Um, it... very few actually Um, mickey Mickey Dolans picked it
0: very good mickey
1: don grady one of my three sons who's sure and james lee stanley
0: i know james James i know you
1: because you're a good monkey's (laughs) and uh, and you know he's one of those people who i always call the one of the world's greatest musicians who the world doesn't know Mm -hmm. Mm (laughs) but he uh course, was a partner of Peter Torx in Two Man Band, and he's a great guy, and he gave me a great horror list. So th- those were some of the few. But what surprised me is I looked down, and there was a, a episodic show similar to Alfred Hitchcock and Twilight Zone called The Sixth Sense. Really? And William Shatner picked Can a Dead Man Strike from the Grave, a 1972 Sixth Sense wow Wow! right yeah i thought that was really cool i'm really proud that we got um shatner in here william shatner is the only person in the book um who got two chapters sure one one was his top 10 favorite list and part two was my list of what i thought were william shatner's best genre roles that, that should have been
0: in here you're gonna say twilight zone i'm hoping
1: you better believe it.
0: <laughs> um, and it's not even it's not even the airplane one. It's well, not but, nightmare at thirty thousand for me. It's it's the nick the, of time. Nick of
1: time. Wow, nineteen sixty nick of time. Love it. Nightmare at twenty thousand or thirty thousand, whatever, hundred thousand feet was uh nineteen sixty three. I put in two of his outer limit episodes. Outer limits episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also twice on Hitchcock Presents, mm. twice on Thriller. There's a lot of those type of shows. So I guess it was the Sixth Sense episode that I put that he was on, as well as Ray Bradbury Theatre. He picked, I shouldn't give it away, right? Because people should buy tease the them, They will. Shatner's favorite number one was Psycho. Sure. And he puts the moment Mother turns to the camera.
0: <laughs> that is a great moment. Wouldn't hurt a fly
1: two night of the living dead three the strangers which is amazing because those home invasion movies right Uh, four he put the shining five he put halloween six the exorcist Mm -hmm. seven jaws and here's the only old classic you would think shatner would have done more old classics house of wax 53 in price and then silence of the lambs and aliens very surprising, but a great list from William Shatner in the book Top of Top Ten Horror Lists.
0: You know, uh speaking of the Exorcist, I knew Jason Miller. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I'm born and raised in Scranton, which is where he was from. Well, I knew him as a friend of well, he went to school with my parents. So I'd see him now and again in town and, you know, oh, that's Howie. That was his nickname, Howie. So when my parents would see him, we'd stop and say hi and everything. And then they'd say, he's in the movie The Exorcist. And he wrote that championship season and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So years later, I start performing. I start playing twice a week, uh, nine to two at a b- place called Kill Coins. Show mm-hmm. up with my guitar and sing my little heart out. Well, <clears throat> he loved – he, was, he would always be there. That was like his go-to place. And, of course, being that he's Jason Miller, everybody wants to talk to him. So they're chewing his ear off. But every time I would go to do Taxi by Harry Chapman, which I'm playing guitar and singing my heart out, he'd go, and I'll never forget, he'd go, yeah, all right, all right, everybody, everybody shut up. Shut up. Mac is going to do Taxi now, right? I said, yeah. Okay. And so... Every night when I was going to do that, he would make the place shut up and stop talking, and I would do taxi. So the one day I walk over afterwards, like I typically do, and you know I say, "Well, thank you for that. That's always sweet that you do that." He goes, "I love, I love the way you do taxi. I wanted to do one of Harry's songs in my play. Oh, you're great." And he's talking to me. Well, he's had a few, and he, as some gentlemen do, they're very affectionate. So as I'm sitting there listening to him and going, oh, okay, that's neat. He goes, Mwah. big sloppy kiss on my cheek. <laughs> Fine. But then I turn and all my friends back at the table are going, how's your boyfriend? I'm like, oh, I'm never living this down. Uh, but he's a good Car- guy.
1: the Karras.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One, and of the he was-
1: best, one of the best scenes is when his mother haunts him. And, of course, it's not her, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 oh, What a great scene. Well, I didn't even see that movie until... Years maybe, later? Yeah, maybe around, oh, I don't know, mid-90s. I yeah. had, like, a Halloween party, and people brought... Oh, whenever Scream came out, because Scream had, was just released on VHS, so somebody was bringing that. We rented The Exorcist and a couple others, so... That was one where I'm like, okay, I've heard about this freaking movie my whole life. I know the guy who's in it. I should probably watch it. And everybody's like, you know. And even though some have seen it already, but you have to pay respect. Just nobody talk. Let the movie just wash over you.
1: Did it live live up to your expectations?
0: Sure, sure. Okay. But you got got to remember when the – okay, this brings me to music, which is – Where I wanted to go with you on with this. When when the world all my life, and I've discovered this recently, ever since I was a kid, if the world tells you you have to love something to be like it's the fad,
1: Star Wars, Star Wars.
0: Right. I go, (laughs) I will discover it on my own. Yeah. I am not trying to keep up with the Joneses. If it's a fad, no. But that was one of those things, like The Exorcist. They're like, you have to love The Exorcist. You have to love The Beatles. And, you know, and I just went, wait a minute. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Uh, uh, in 86, up until 86, I had never heard about the monkeys. Oh. Because they weren't playing them on the radio. And, you know, you turn on the radio, you'd hear the same doo-wop songs and the oldies or whatever. But nobody played the monkeys, mm. so I didn't even know who they were. Well, as you know, it they explode again in '86, and all my classmates, I'm 11 years old, I think, <clears throat> and all my classmates are oh monkeys this monkeys that, and and became part of that. They mm-hmm. turned to me. I remember the 16 magazine with Davy Jones getting out of a limo, and he uh-huh. had the long, dyed pink hair and the girl holding up look at there's what Davey looks like now and I went hold on I'm not jumping in with the rest of you and for a good part of that year I didn't it wasn't until the summer maybe even the fall I'm flipping through the stations and they happen to be on and I'll never forget what episode it was it was uh don't look a gift horse Mm -hmm. right and I turn it on and I go, all right, I'll see what all the fuss is about. And right away, I connected with Nez. I'm like, that guy. I don't know his name yet, but I like him. He's funny. He's sincere. And uh, coincidentally, they play Papa Jean's blues. So that's the first monkey song I hear. And I go, okay, so this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I'm <laughs> going to – because I, I always sang. I was always a singer. Yeah. But they made it where – you saw like a working band show up to a gig. Hi, we're the band that was hired. I go, I want to do that. And I started to learn guitar and, you know, the rest is history. But now I go back to school and I'm all about the monkeys. Well, now the rest of the class has moved on. No, (laughs) You know what I mean? Because they're, they're 11 years old. It's not, Oh, that was hip today, but now we're going to make fun of what was hip yesterday kind of thing. And So for the rest of my school years, I'm defending them because everybody would go with the rumors. And, you know, me, I'm going through the books. I'm reading everything. I'm getting to know the truth. And okay. And so up until I'd say now, you probably see this too. This new generation seems to understand and get it. They don't go with rumor and hearsay. Mm -hmm. They appreciate the monkeys for uh, individually and on their own or together. Sure as amazing as they are but for the last 20 years before that it was always me defending them no nez doesn't hate the monkeys you know no you know yes they played their own music blah 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 blah, blah, blah.
1: well mac what do you think it was like for me defending them and being an apologist for the 70s well that's
0: that was my question when did you get into them
1: so uh, i'm a first generation monkeys fan loved them because I was so young that when Pepper came out and the White Album came out, if they didn't have hits, I was still listening to AM radio. Sure. I'm hearing a little bit me, a little bit you. I'm a believer. This is hit after hit. I'm loving the Monkees. They, the Beatles are the top. The Monkees are just under them. And I'm loving these two bands to the point that when I grow up, I'm producing Beatles and Monkees conventions. Yeah. I ain't producing Doors conventions or Zeppelin conventions. I mean, these are my two favorites of all time. I'm very blessed that I got to, you know, have close encounters with with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr and George Harrison and and all the monkeys. You know, I, I considered Peter and Davey friends. I was just I'm so blessed. But we did some of the greatest Monkey conventions in '87, when the year after they you know reunited, and I got to see the first show in '86 when they reunited in the Concord Hotel in the Catskills. I was up front row and I hung out with the guys and we played softball together. Very special. Um, that next year I, I helped produced the National Monkeys Convention. Now, mind you, in 82, I produced a Monkeys Convention that Peter Tork showed up at. In those days-
0: I we, know the one you're talking about because I've seen pictures. Yeah. He had like have, a five o'clock shadow, as I recall.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. In Bridgeport, Connecticut, had the worst haircut, and he was just the sweetest. We talked. I interviewed him on stage. He talked about Lennon's passing. Very historic. But up until then, no Beetle had ever come to a Beatles convention. Even Pete Best hadn't come to any of my conventions yet. No Monkey. You never believed that someone of those status would come to their own convention. But then it became the thing to do. I mean, you know, what Monkey convention didn't have Mickey at it the years later? Right. But in 87, we had Mickey. We had Peter. We had Davey. We had Boyce and Hart. Henry Diltz, you know, it was like an all-star lineup and they were great. They would always come and support the conventions because they love their fans. They got it and we got it. And Mac, you said something very interesting about the monkeys influencing you to become a musician. Mm-hmm. And you always sang and you said, but they, were, they gave you the impetus to continue that as, you know.
0: And to actually go, I'm that, serious about this. This is going to be my thing.
1: That clip of you saying that is the reason there should be in the rock and roll hall of fame because no you are one of zillions, zillions. Of, of people who were affected by the monkeys, who love the monkeys. Mm-hmm. Yes, a ton of them moved on. I get it. They grew up, they have I don't
0: get I personally don't get that. somebody <laughs> I think once you love music, it stays with you forever. You but know what I'm, I mean?
1: Maybe I'm maybe I'm referring to the collecting the, the sixteen magazines and having every uh you know, every album and, and getting changes in present when they come sure. out and getting all the albums when they come out uh, and going to all the conventions and continuing on, you know, just just today I got in the mail a monkey's book that I hadn't had before, monkeys, um Memories, memories and, magic. and Magic. I just didn't have it before and I didn't have Monkey on my shoulder before. And no. I'm, I'm still, you know, and this is one of my favorites. I, I'll give him a plug. Our friend Fred Velez. Oh, sure two books. One is called A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You, mm. and its follow-up to it was A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You 2, uh-huh. which, I, which I edited and wrote the foreword for. And while we're talking monkeys, I got to plug the fact that there's a monkeys, an all monkeys radio station yep. called Monkey Mania Radio. It could be heard if you go to www.live365.com, and in the search bar, just do monkeys, and you will hear 24/7 monkeys, just like Sirius has a Beatle station. Mm-hmm. Live 365 has the Monkey Station. It's free, and it's monkeys and more. So in a given hour, you're not just hearing, you know, a handful of monkey songs. You're hearing solo uh, Dave. deep,
0: cuts. You're deep hearing cuts,
1: deep cuts, rare cuts, alternate versions. And you know what I like best is on the weekend. If you listen. Uh, twice on Saturday and twice on Sunday. It's called the Monkeys Interview Show, hmm. and why is it that so fun and so good? Because I host it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I've had such great guests, you know, Chip Douglas and Bobby Hart and all the guys who've toured with them and are currently touring with them. It's been a, a fun ride, and every weekend, uh, people should listen to the Monkeys Interview Show.
0: Well, I'll tell you, uh, I besides, I mean, I was a solo singer songwriter beforehand ever since I don't know mid to late 90s I'd say Mm -hmm. uh boy it's funny how time goes but anyway then I meet my wife well I was in a band uh it was called folklore okay so she comes along her harmony is perfect she joins us well then the third guy goes away Uh because one of the things you learn as a musician is no band, you can't necessarily rely on anybody to stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They come and they go. They come and they go. Yeah. So then we had to we had to rename. What are we going to call ourselves? Call ourselves Harmony Constant, which wow. is a, which is a Nez song. Wow! It was the first what? song we yeah. sang. First song we sang together. Yeah. It was our wedding song. We cut the cake to Papa Jean's blues, but that's a different story. Um, Yeah, we even invited Nez to the wedding and he wrote back that he couldn't make it. But we figured, not because he's famous, but because when I met my wife, um, we were, you know, like I I was going to ask her out and I said, Oh, I was looking for you. She goes, Oh, I was in the back playing with my band. I said, Oh, you're a musician. She goes, Yeah, well, I said, What kind of songs do you do? I'm a singer songwriter. She goes, uh, we do a Mike Nesmith song, and I grabbed okay. her and, and hugged okay. her, and I, that's the one I was going to marry. Okay. So because of that, we had to invite Nez to the wedding. Well, long story short, we've been going by Harmony Constant ever since. And when we met Nez, finally, uh, not only did he know who I was, he loved my music. Wow. Like, a, And he became a dear friend to me. I mean the fact that in a crowd of 200 people, he'd see me and go, "Hey Mac, hey Cindy, hey Nez," like, and everybody's looking at us like, "Who the heck are you?" And you know, he was—he honest to God—and it's separate from the the celebrity. When Mm -hmm. we watch him on TV or hear his music, you go, "Wait, that's the same guy that I love as if he were my next door neighbor." Like he was that we had a great connection. Yeah, and when he passed. I'm still a wreck over it uh, okay you know you gotta you gotta come to terms with it but and it's not that I, I can I could watch him on TV I could listen to his music and it doesn't affect me but mm-hmm. I could feel his hand on my shoulder talking to me as though he's still there and that's when I lose it that's when the tears come oh, wow, wow. but the fact that this guy who was my biggest influence of all time, over, you know, Harry Chapin's up there too, but Nez, nobody beats Nez. Yeah. Because uh, he could read the phone book and I would buy it. Uh, the fact that this guy became my friend, but also liked my music. Like that's, that, that'll never get
1: Mind blowing. Right? Yeah.
0: So to be so blessed like that, you, oh, how do you not, how do you not go on? Yeah. I, I, I could never stop playing music. Like that's, and of course as we do at any of our concerts, I got to throw in some NES stuff.
1: Good job. Good job. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll share with you and um, being perfectly honest, you know, Peter was the first for me. We were close up until he passed. You know, we stayed in touch, came to a bunch of conventions, even a Beatles convention as my guest. (laughs) Davey would call me out of clear blue sky and I go, hello. Yeah. uh, What are Beatle bubblegum cards worth? (laughs) (laughs) Baby, yeah, yeah, it's David. Yeah, yeah, David. Yeah, a a, a buck a piece. Okay, bye. Just like he he lived
0: near here, you know. He lived in Beaverton,
1: Beaverton. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I had always planned on one of these days, like I'll drive there and say hi. You know, next thing you know, he's gone. You're like, oh, because I got to meet all of them. I was, I was blessed that I got to a couple times. Yeah, but, but, you know, all of a sudden, Davy's gone.
1: God, so so heartbreaking. Such a shock. And Mickey. I probably interviewed, well, maybe Peter, more times. And, and, you know, so I was always close to them. And Nez, I never met. Oh, No, 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 no. I had nothing, you know, and I was always like, I don't know him. I'm not sure about him. He's, you know, Davey, he doesn't join them. And now Davey's gone. And now all of a sudden he's back. I didn't know him. And when I met him, I changed uh-huh. It was like, wow, uh-huh. uh, what a beautiful person. Um, it was at a meet and greet. And I was the first one there. And I, he was only going to do, you know, the signing of the one item. And I brought a drumhead that the other signed and he signed it. And I said, at the risk of embarrassing myself in front of all these people, can I, can I hug you? and he hugged me yep. and uh you know I, from that day on i just he changed me and I, yeah. and I loved him and i think anyone who met him felt that
0: mm-hmm. you know who mint uh, mindy sterling is she no. uh she was from the austin powers movie the sidekick who would you <laughs> remember she yeah, would yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's great well we saw her at a at a convention we were talking she goes who are you here to really see? Like who's, who's your one draw? I said, well, we're friends with Nez. So anytime we can go to chiller and see Nez, we're going to any opportunity. Well, she goes, Oh, I never met him. I met Mickey, but I never met him. I said, do yourself a favor. You want to meet a beautiful person who is just as excited to meet everybody as you are to meet him. Like he wants to have that one-on-one. Yes. And she goes, okay, well maybe I will. Later on, I caught her in the hall. She grabs me. She goes, all we did was talk about you. I'm like, really? I said, oh yeah, I'm friend. I'm, fr- I met your, your friend uh, with the band. He's like, oh, Mac and Cindy. Yeah. And so they, they were talking about me and she goes, you're right. He is a beautiful person. Wow. And I just yeah. thought that's so sweet. Like he said, so, he was so unassuming. He was, you know what I mean? He was just always soft and caring and, big with the hugs. He always gave me a hug. And, and you're right. Like, I can't, I can't say enough about him. Some celebrities, all right, they're there because you want to see them. But with Nez, he would say, no, I want to have at least five minutes with each person.
1: But it took a long time for him to realize it.
0: Right, right. He never, he never knew how, because he thought I did a thing, but nobody really cares. Like, I would tell him, no me yeah. alone me alone look at how you've influenced my life and this is before i met you yes. your, you and your work matters beyond yeah. you know
1: when that clicked yeah it clicked universe that was monstrously clicking it, it it pow and every opportunity he had to meet people and every conventions and <sighs> You know, he got he got it. And you as sad as it was on the last tour, and as heartbreaking as it was seeing him, you know, in the frail state yeah. he was in, you knew he loved being on that stage oh, and yeah. giving it back to the crowd.
0: And to cry every time he'd do while I cry. You like he, he oh. You know what I mean? Like he'd allow himself to be vulnerable.
1: Correct, correct. Yes, if you didn't love him before that. I mean, how could you not have loved him then? And I think that he lived on to be able to finish that tour as crazy as that is, if that's that's even beyond human capability.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine or somebody had told me that he was just at peace. Like, okay, he could have fought longer to stay alive longer, Mm -hmm. but he just kind of went, I'm okay. I'll let, I'll let nature take its course. And he Mm -hmm. just kind of let it happen. Now. I find that extremely brave, um, extremely admirable. But for me, on a selfish level, I'm like, no, I want yeah. more of you, Nez. Come yeah, on! Yeah. But again, you got to admire someone who goes out on their own terms. Yeah. Right. I mean, you could have he could have lasted longer, but what kind of uh, uh, quality over quantity kind of a thing? Correct. You know.
1: Yeah. We well, let's hope Mickey's out there for another. 20 30 years just because his voice is still strong he's still a great performer and
0: did you go, go see him at the con
1: i saw him uh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: okay
1: I, I got the picture with him by the monkey mobile
0: oh yeah. okay that's a good one uh
1: and i went to see him a few weeks ago uh in concert with felix cavalieri uh at the count basie theater in okay. uh, in jersey um yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's always my mindset, and you don't want to say it out loud, but you don't want it to be the last. You want to keep seeing these people who are our legends, mm-hmm. because you don't know when the next time won't be the next. You know what I mean by that? Exactly,
0: it could be over uh, tomorrow. You just yeah.
1: And I want to see Ringo again. I'm going every time the Beach Boys play. I want to see them. I wish Harry Chapin was still here. Oh. Well, he was,
0: he was Jim, Jim Croce was the first musician that I ever noticed as a really? little kid. As a little kid, my father would play his stuff. And he died like I was born in 74. I think he passed in 73. Well, I would listen to Jim Croce. Jim Croce, Paul Simon would be playing in our house. So they were the first names I remembered. And, you know, through you'd, you'd listen to music. But again... When I, around the time you're 10, yeah, I always say you should start expanding your horizons, not just what's in front of you uh, or, or on the radio currently, you mm. should start to go back. Yes. Well, of course, at the age of 11, monkeys hit and now, boom, it wasn't just, I know Jim Croce, I know Paul Simon, it was I need to know everybody. And I, you know, and Harry Chapin around that time was, I had heard Cats in the Cradle and my father had the Short Stories album on eight track.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But around that time then as a teenager, I would sit and listen to that eight track and go, no, I love this guy. I got to get everything he has. Then, then I
1: hit it by you saying Chapin and me throwing out Croce. I knew that that had to be because there's such right? a good one you love the other. Yeah,
0: exactly. And Cat Stevens. Cat yeah. Stevens. Yeah. I didn't even really pay attention to until the piano player at a bar at Kill Coins way back when played. Um...
1: Ring is broken.
0: No, that Bald- was that. That by the way, that song because of Cat Stevens, we played at our wedding at like during the ceremony morning has broken as the, as everybody's like sitting,
1: let me, uh, let me give you an exclusive. I just did an interview with Robin D. She was, um, Peter Tork's assistant, hmm. you know, personal assistant for many years. And, uh, when, when her mom was very sick, she said, uh, if she passes, I'd love for you, Peter to record morning is broken. Hmm. And he's like, oh, okay she never thought he would and he did and he put it on a cassette for her and uh it it hasn't been heard it's never been played wow except we just did an interview with her uh for monkey mania radio and she said what i have to let her know when it airs because she's going to let us play Peter Torque's version of "Morning Is Broken" nice with the interview. So that'll be like a world. Exclusive. Oh, exclusive!
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah. But you know, it it because of that, it really because of Nez and, and and you know, I just went okay. I can't limit myself. I need to get give me Harry Chapin. Give me uh, what was the song? What no one of, one of his hits? Oh, Father and Son. He would play Father and Son, and I go, oh, I love that. Who is that? He goes. That's Cat Stevens, which they didn't play because when he became Yosef Islam or whatever, he yeah. would he kind of got in some trouble. Oh, some, really? So people had burned his albums, and they weren't playing them on the radio. Well, since then, the world's come around, and now I have everything that he's done. Because, again, if I like your stuff, I'm getting every every possible thing.
1: Yeah. I don't know why. He was always, to me, the um, Anglo version of Donovan. I always thought that – sure. If you took Donovan and and made him a little folky and brought him to America, that that's you know, I always... Mm
0: -hmm. And it's weird because it's hard to describe Cat Stevens. A friend of mine made me a a disc of his stuff and I went this this, is odd, but I like it. Like I don't, how do you write a song like that? Mm. You know, like some of these songs that he would do, they're great. They're brilliant. But how do you have enough confidence to go, yeah, I'm putting that down on paper. Because you're, they're bizarre in a good way. They're just, you know, there's no way to really. You have Ralph, to really. Go.
1: Stewart also, if you think of his stuff, it's the same bizarre. Well, oh yeah, okay. It, if you would think about, it, I don't know how to categorize it. It's not going to work, and then you hear it, and it's, wow, yeah. There's a there's a handful of those.
0: Right, right, um, but boy, if you find them, I was the same way with David Gray, with David Gray. When White Ladder came out 20 years ago or so, somebody said, oh, you're a musician. Tell me what you think of this. And threw the disc at me. Mm-hmm. So I brought it home. And it's it's got organic music, organic instruments, but it also had like a, a, a techno kind of edge to it. And I thought, yeah. I don't know if I like this because this is against anything I've ever heard before. And then I listened to it the second time I went, I get it and you know now i again have all the stuff and you know yeah um so just for the listeners are you on air every weekend
1: yes every weekend usually 10 a.m and 10 p.m but sometimes noon and midnight it really depends on the scheduling um uh if there's a a facebook page for monkey mania radio yeah yeah, i'm on it yeah Yeah.
0: and uh, so jody actually sent it to me
1: Oh, she sent you an invitation. Oh, good, yeah. good, book. And uh, there's also, if you if you follow me on, on my Facebook page, I always will list on Friday night who my guest is and when I'm on. And this weekend, because it's a holiday weekend, and obviously this isn't going to air in time, but I'll have done a repeat of Bobby
0: Hart. Well, actually, I will get this up. This oh, is, well- I, I turn these around like pancakes it's okay
1: i never know yeah i never know if this is gonna air you know in a month or two because with monkey mania radio I'm still putting out um, interviews that I did during COVID time. So, wow. cause I, I stockpiled about 40 or 50 interviews, knowing that when I get really nuts and busy, I may not be able to do as many of I was doing. So, yeah, yeah. So it's a, but you, you're putting it out quick. That's cool.
0: Yeah. I, and I put them out on, uh, I'll do this video version for YouTube and then I do an audio version for all the podcasting sites. Awesome. Yeah. You
1: know? I will share it as well.
0: But, um, in the future, I'll have you back. We'll shoot the bulls some more, yeah. and it'll either be, it'll either be before your next book comes out or right after because I, I want to help promote that. Well, the,
1: the next book is coming out in a matter of weeks, and oh has, really? And it's it's true ghost stories of Connecticut, but we we don't need to promote that one. That's gonna <laughs> that has its own audience. Let's promote that. There's going to be a paranormal convention in Connecticut, July 16th through the 17th it's called paracon and you can look it up by googling paracon the book of top 10 horror lists which i'm sure you were going to get to to promote absolutely website is www book take off the book of top 10 the number 10 horror lists.com you can get it on amazon where it's getting great reviews but if you get it through me i can sign a copy and that's always fun to do that for our beetle tours it's liverpooltours.com for the vampire vacations. It's dractours.com, D R A C T O U R S. No one's going to remember this, but maybe- no, no,
0: it's on there because it's recording. So it they're going to go, ooh, and they can always go rewind it a bit.
1: And uh and monkey mania radio on live365.com. Listen to all the great DJs. You mentioned Jody, she's one of them, one of the new monkeys, Marty Ross is another, Ken Mills, Alan Williams, uh Doug. I don't want to leave anyone else. Scott- I
0: know Ken. Ken's gonna be on an Ken episode does, in Scott the future. Patton,
1: yeah. Um, and, and on the weekends, I'm I'm honored to do the monkeys interview show.
0: Nice. And maybe well, I could
1: bring you on as a super fan, and we can sure. talk about how Nez. Uh, you know, formulated oh, the things harmony you, constant, I, right?
0: Yeah, because I'll tell you, his his songwriting uh, alone influenced my work,
1: right?
0: You know, and his voice again, like I could just hear him read the phone book, and I'm thrilled. I get chills. You know that every once in a while you get an artist who, no matter what they do, you you get your anything hairs on the back. That's him for me. Yeah. That's always been him. But yeah, definitely, I, I it'd be a pleasure to be on. I'd love that. All right. Well, we will let everybody go. Uh, We will catch you next time. Thanks again to Charles, who I will have on again in the future. We will shoot the bull and go through some more top 10 lists. I would be honored. Yeah. And uh, remember, as always, stay excited, everyone. Never Gets Old Podcast is part of the Forever Adventure Network and made possible by your donations through Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, please go to the Forever Adventure Network by Mac Jackson on Patreon, and help by subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever podcasts are heard. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube channel. The show's music is by Harmony Constant and available wherever music is sold. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, stay excited. The Forever Adventure Network. Welcome to the adventure. Has MacGyver inspired you to be kind and creative? Has Jack O'Neill inspired you to be a leader and be sarcastic? Well, then please check out the MacGyver Podcast where we celebrate Richard Dean Anderson and all of his iconic characters. We have life stories, episode reviews, and great conversations with actors and the people behind the scenes. We also have merchandise, blogs, art, and so much more, all through the Forever Adventure Network. Join us today, and remember, stay creative, everyone. The Forever Adventure Network. Welcome to the adventure!